Hello, and welcome to Capital Compass. We are the official podcast of the New York State Catholic Conference. I'm your host, Jillian. Today, in episode 26, I'll be talking with Bishop Henning about his new assignment as Bishop Coadjutor for the Diocese of Providence. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and to update you on our new podcast schedule. This year, on the first Wednesday of each month, we will be coming out with a regular episode, which consists of an interview and a short legislative update. What's new is on the third Wednesday of each month, we'll be coming out with a more in-depth legislative update that will be labeled as a bonus episode. Make sure you're subscribed and follow us on social media to know when a new episode drops. We'll be right back after a brief message. Are you interested in staying up to date with New York State legislation pertinent to the Catholic Church? Do you want your Catholic voice to be heard? Sign up for the Catholic Action Network by going to our website at nyscatholic.org slash action dash center or texting CAN to 50457. Again, CAN, C-A-N, to 50457. Today, joining us on the podcast is Bishop Richard Henning. He is currently an auxiliary bishop for the Diocese of Rockville Center. On November 23rd, he was appointed as coadjutor bishop of Providence, Rhode Island by Pope Francis. Bishop Henning was born and raised in the Diocese of Rockville Center. He was ordained in 1992, serving as an associate pastor at the Church of St. Peter of Alcantara in Port Washington, where he did extensive pastoral work in the large parish school and ministering to the Spanish-speaking Catholics of that peninsula. In 2012, as part of the Partnership for Seminary Formation among the Diocese of Rockville Center, Brooklyn, and the Archdiocese of New York, he was appointed to lead the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception through his transition to the largest retreat house in the Northeast. In 2018, he was appointed to his current position as an Auxiliary Bishop for the Diocese of Rockville Center. In 2021, he served as Vicar for Clergy and Vicar for Pastoral Planning. Additionally, he has been active in the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops serving on the Doctrine Committee, the Subcommittee for the Church in Latin America, and as the Chair of the Subcommittee for the Translation of the Sacred Scriptures. However, in just a few weeks, he will be taking on a new role as Coadjutor Bishop for the Diocese of Providence. Congratulations on your new assignment, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Very kind of you to have me. I hope I uh, covered everything in that um quick bio. <laughs> I know it gets a little long, doesn't it? Um, although I suppose behind that is a kind of richness of many different experiences and working with so many good people. So uh, it, 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 it gives some sense anyway of the, the breadth of the blessings I've experienced in my life. Now, I guess to start off, as you will be installed soon, can you explain to our listeners what a coadjutor is? Yeah, so coadjutor is basically when a bishop nears retirement, or sometimes if a bishop is ill, he may ask the Holy Father to appoint a bishop who uh, will succeed him, but to do so in advance, so that there can be a, a kind of period of what I think of as a kind of apprenticeship or runway. So when I'm, I, I'll be received in, in the Diocese of, of Providence, not installed, I will not go there as the diocesan bishop. Bishop Tobin will continue as the diocesan bishop, um, but I'll certainly be working closely with him and learning from him and from uh, his advisors and staff about the diocese 
And then when that day comes that uh, that he retires, that the Holy Father accepts his retirement, then I would automatically become the next bishop of, of Providence. Um, so it's similar to an auxiliary bishop in the sense that I'm helping him, uh, but different in that, you know, I'm now the designated successor. And so that'll alter kind of the character of the work we'll do together because he'll always be thinking in those terms, you know. So it's a it's a great gift to me. Bishop Tobin is a, a fine bishop and, and has govern that diocese with skill and compassion. So I look forward to learning from him and learning about his uh, his work there. Now, um, as you said, Bishop Tobin will still be around at least for a few months. Mm-hmm. Does that ease your mind with the transition? Absolutely. It's um, it, it reduces the level of anxiety because, you know, I, I've lived and served pretty much my whole life here in the Diocese of Ruffle Center. I live in an island, which makes me insular, literally. <laughs> okay, so, um, and while Rhode Island is not terribly far, there's a water between us. So, so I have a lot to learn about Rhode Island, and you know, I, I have to right now here because it's my home diocese. I have a pretty high quotient of local knowledge. I know the priests. I, I taught in the seminary, so many of them were my former students. You know, so that's been a real advantage to the ministry that I exercise here. So the learning curve is gonna be greater there. So having that opportunity of, uh, you know, months at least to uh, to work with Bishop Tobin and to learn, uh, meet the priests, see the ministries there, that that's all just a gift, it really is. Uh, have you been in contact with Bishop Tobin or have you set any priorities for uh, once you get there? I think uh, it's probably too soon for priorities, but I do I do speak with them. So I've been up there for the announcement. I went back last week for a visit just to do um, some of the practical matters, preparing for the move, preparing for the event. But I probably won't move up there until about the third week of January. In the meantime, as vicar for clergy, I've got a pretty long punch list of things that have to be dealt with and resolved before I go. As far as priorities, the more I visit or learn about Providence, it seems to me it's just well-governed. There's not, uh, you know, but I do speak Spanish, and Bishop Tobin does not, uh, that I'm aware of anyway. So I think that obviously will be a change in the nature of the leadership there. So I hope to be able to engage early on, you know, with the Spanish-speaking community. It's pretty vibrant in the city of Providence itself. So I'll be couple of days after my installation, I'm going to do an evening mass of Thanksgiving in Spanish at the cathedral and invite all of the Hispanics of the diocese to come together to start meeting them. So I, I would say if, I, if I've if i identified a priority, that would be one just because it's it's an easy one in, in light of the, my, my language skill. Actually, this leads me into my next question, which is perfect. I was reading your bio. Now, mm-hmm. it said that you are fluent in Spanish and Italian, and you can read French, Greek, and Hebrew. So, (laughs) well, let me specify. So uh, the French, Greek and Hebrew are academic skills. I uh, did a doctorate in biblical theology. So those are required languages for research purposes. Those are both ancient Hebrew and ancient Greek, though. So so I don't speak any of these three languages and no no one really does. I mean, there's modern modern Hebrew, modern Greek are very distinct. They're, They're different from the ancient version. That has to do with being able to study and read the scriptures in their original language. As far as fluency, I am fluent in, in, in Spanish. I still make mistakes. Uh, you always do in a second language, but I can preach in Spanish without notes. I can hear confessions. I can engage with people at a pretty high level. Uh, my Italian was really good when I studied in Italy for two years. I would say my fluency is is uh, is probably not quite where I would like it to be at this point. Um, 
I can certainly, you know, celebrate the liturgy in Italian, but if I preached in Italian, it would probably end up being Spitaliano. It would be a mixture of Spanish and Italian, you know. I'd probably mix in a lot of Spanish words. But I've learned that while Rhode Island has a long tradition of, of vibrant Italian-American communities, um, there's not much any longer in the way of liturgy in Italian. So there's not incoming new immigrants from Italy. You know, they're still Italian speakers. But I have come to understand that there's a pretty significant Portuguese speaking community. So that's raised the question of, of that I'm going to need to learn some Portuguese. So I've, I've started taking some online lessons and see whether I can um, at least be able to get to a point where I can say a few words. Now, on a pastoral level, has that you know, w- with your vast knowledge of language, has that helped you connect with your parishioners on a different level? Well, you know, for a preacher, there's nothing better than having the opportunity to study the scriptures in depth, as I did for five years, because it, it just makes it so much easier to bring to people the richness. You know, like I don't I don't get up in a pulpit and, and teach a lesson, but my knowledge of the context and the background really gives me an advantage when I'm reflecting on the scriptures in my preparation and, and in the homily. So I would say that it's it's been a real grace to study the scriptures in depth. And that has very much, It's it also informs the ministry. I try to live biblically, you know. Um, I try to uh, exercise leadership in, in biblical terms, which are very distinct from the ways of the world. So yeah, the scripture studies have completely influenced and altered the way that I interact with people, the way I exercise authority, the way that I preach, and, you know, the way I listen, (laughs) you know, which is another aspect of of the scriptures, very important one. That's very much a theme in Pope Francis's pontificate, right, is the, is that aspect of, of listening to the, to the voice of the spirit, listening to the people, trying to discern by silence, really, and, and hearing from others. So, that's one of the things I would hope to do, especially in this first year in Rhode Island, is really take that, again, another advantage of the being a co-juder. I'm not going to have to make decisions in those first months. I'll be able to simply listen. Can you talk about what you've learned as a priest in the Diocese of Rockville Center and as an auxiliary bishop that you'll take with you to your new assignment? Ooh, well, um, I've had a variety of experiences in, in my ministry that I think to some degree, you know, priestly ministry is is similar anywhere, really, right? So one of my convictions is that the life of the church really occurs in the parish, right? So diocesan administration is a critical part of of church life, but it's really in the parish that's where that's where the where Catholic life happens. So I will bring there a commitment to parish life. Related to that is a commitment to priests. You know, and I don't mean that in the clerical sense, not that they're better or special than others, but it's part of the nature of the church. They're critical to the church's mission because they're critical to life of parishes. So that'll be a very important thing for me uh, will be to getting to know the priests and working with the priests and, and, and engaging in that shared mission. And that's part of the way I've tried to engage with priests here in this diocese. One of the things I've done um, here for this diocese has been to work with international priests who come here as missionaries to try to help them bridge the cultural divide and and some of the other challenges of coming from one culture to another, one country to another, leaving everything you know behind. So I'll certainly be bringing those experiences with them to bear uh, in this in this new work. Also, I've done you know the work with Hispanics, so that certainly will inform 
what I do. The work I've done in education, I think, is a value that's helped form me. Um, so I, I've been told, anyway, I'm not going to claim it, but I've been told I'm a decent teacher. Um, and of course, a key role of a diocesan bishop is the he's the chief teacher, the chief catechist. So um, I hope those skills will serve me well uh, in this new ministry as well. So I, I mean, obviously, I hope to bring to bear all of my different experiences, uh, the different kind of work I've done to this work. You know, diocesan life is complex. There's a lot of a lot of communities, a lot of needs, a lot of challenges. I've worked with others all through my priesthood and, and ministry as a bishop. So I very much look forward to working uh, with the team up there. Every time I've talked with anyone up there or visited, I have to say I'm really impressed by the team that, that Bishop Tobin has assembled. These are hardworking, happy, committed, mission-driven people. So I'm looking forward to trying to join that team and and uh, and learn from them about their work as well. I, I do want to ask, as a native Long Islander and someone, mm-hmm. as I, again, I read in your bio, who has a passion for water, uh, sailing, boating, and kayaking, are you excited for this new chapter in Rhode Island? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it seems to be kind of a theme of my life that I'm never really very far from water. It, I call it my happy place. Um, it just, you know, everyone has needs that kind of avocation. And for me, it's usually been around water because of growing up, uh, going in the summer to this little island where my extended family has gone for generations. So um, my uh, happy childhood memories are fishing and clamming and crabbing and boating and, and swimming and all of that. So uh, so that I'm always happiest when I'm by the water. In Providence, I'll be living in the city, but you know, you're never far from water in the ocean state. So that's a good thing. Although I think their water is a little colder than Long Island. <laughs> so we'll see. Might have to buy a wetsuit. <laughs> so, you know. All right. And with coming, you know, with starting this new chapter, you'll also be leaving New York. So um, obviously, this is a pretty broad question, but uh, what will you miss the most about New York? Oh, well, bagels, <laughs> pizza, <laughs> no, it's, it's not as much the place as the people, honestly. You know, Long Island is beautiful. New York State is beautiful. New York City is amazing. But ultimately, it's about the people. So uh, the part that will be hard will be um, leaving behind really a network of uh, friends and, and good priest friends. And, and I have to say, working with the bishops of New York State has been a great gift. Cardinal Dolan provides us not only with courageous leadership, but he softens everything with that great sense of humor. You know, we, we, when we come together as the bishops in New York State, you're just laughing. It, it, he, you know, even in the challenges, he gets you laughing. He's so encouraging. And, and the bishops of the state, they're good men. They're working hard. We face extraordinary challenges these days, but it has been a privilege to to be counted among their number and to see their own integrity, their own commitment to mission, their own joy in the gospel and, and the way that they exercise their ministry. Uh, here in this diocese, I've been blessed by being sort of mentored by Bishop Murphy uh, and now by Bishop Barris. Bishop Barris's leadership has been extraordinary at this time. I've learned wonderful lessons from him. My fellow auxiliary bishops, we, we have a good team here too, not just in the state. So again, I think I think it's people. I can always go visit the sites. <laughs> you know, it's the people that matter to my heart. Of course. Now, before I let you go, do you have a message to the faithful of Rockville Center and of Providence? Well, I 
I think uh, the basics are for Raffles Center, thank you, I'll miss you, I hope to visit, I hope you'll let me visit, um, you know, and just as in all things as Christian believers, it's never the end, right? We, um, even as things change, we know that God is in charge. Um, so in a very real sense, I leave the diocese entrusting it and its people to the grace of God, and I go forth with gratitude for the way in which they've prepared me for this new mission. In Providence, I'm just looking forward to getting to know them. I want to, I, I want to have that sense again of people. I want to know their hopes and dreams and needs are. I want to know what the challenges are that that need hard work. But above all, I will hopefully go among the people there as as a proclaimer of the gospel by word and deed. That's my my prayer anyway. I know this has been a very busy time for you, so thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you, Jillian. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for listening to the Capital Compass podcast. And thank you so much to Bishop Henning for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To catch all the latest from the conference, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NYSCatholicConf and on Facebook at NYS Catholic Conference. Thanks again, and God bless.